So this morning, um, I was reading with you all uh, in Leviticus 21 to 23, if you're um, going through the Read Scripture app. Uh, So Leviticus 21 to 23, and then it was in Psalm uh, 37. But it was in Leviticus, of all all places, who would have thought, right? God would want to speak to you through Leviticus. Um, But two different times in chapter 21, verse 6, the priest shall be holy to their God. Then the next verse in verse 7, the priest is holy to his God. And I think it was, I might have been the last time I shared where when you start reading through this, Jesus is the, is the ultimate high priest. Um, he's also the ultimate um, sacrifice. So he fulfills both roles. But the part that, that this thought that popped in my head was, uh, if the priest shall be holy to the Lord, then First Peter. I remember First Peter came to mind, so I started looking through. I knew it was in chapter 2, so at verse 9, this is what Peter wrote. He says, but you, and he's speaking to Christians, he says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, what's he saying? But you are a chosen race. You remember that the Israelites were chosen by God, that God out of anybody on the planet chose them to fulfill his will and bring in the Messiah, chose them to give them the law, chose them to be with them, to walk with them, to lead them, to guide them, to counsel them, to confront them, to bless them. Um, but it was all God's choosing. He started it. And so it's kind of like Peter, it seems like he's kind of looking back at the people of Israel and how God had dealt with them. Um, especially in this Old Testament time, this Old Covenant. Um, but he's looking at he's looking at Christians going, but you are a chosen race. And then he uses this phrase, a royal priesthood. And it, it hit me. That's the part that I remembered. So when he, in Leviticus 21, 6, the priests shall be holy to their God. Number, uh, verse 7, the priest is holy to his God. And then in 1 Peter 2, he's speaking to Christians, says, and you are a royal priesthood. The Christians, we are all part of this royal priesthood. Um, I know being in ministry for 25 years, and I know even especially even going further back than that, um, it was kind of thought, well, the pastors do the work, and people just kind of drop in some of their tithe, or they'll just give a little donation so that the pastors will do the work. You're supporting the pastors. But really, like especially when you go into Ephesians chapter 4, the, the work of the pastors um, is to equip the saints for service. Every single one of us are part of this royal priesthood. And if we're, or not if, but since we are part of this royal priesthood, we shall be holy to our God. And so God has made us holy, but then we will live holy lives, holy meaning set apart or separate, um, different. We're supposed to look different because we're a royal priest. But then he goes on, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Now that's the part that I thought, man, how beautiful is that? that we belong to God. And as even in Leviticus, you go back to chapter 20, um, If you, for those who have read this part, back in verse 26, you shall be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and have separated you from the peoples, that you should be mine. Like, God wants us. So we are his own possession. And then he's speaking to all Christians that you, all of us, not just pastors or the ones that we think are gifted to do this, but that you, follower of Jesus, you, redeemed, purchased by Jesus, you who belong to God, you his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you, that every single one of us. So here's, here's the key to um, evangelism, or here's the key to, 
telling people about Jesus. It's just to proclaim how great he is. Um, I've used this before. It's just bragging about Jesus. That I'm convinced that every single Christian, if every Christian saw themselves as a disciple maker, our impact on the planet would be so much bigger than waiting for maybe an event at a church, uh, on a church campus, something you invite people to. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. But what if every follower of Jesus who truly loved Jesus and saw themselves as this chosen race, royal priesthood, holy nation, a people of his own possession, that every Christian on the planet, um, or what if just every Christian in our community, um, in this Southern California area, what if every follower of Jesus proclaimed the excellencies of God who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light? That would mean every week we're making an impact just where we live. It's just that simple. And so when I looked at it and thought, okay, the priests shall be holy to their, holy to their God, I jumped to 1 Peter 2, that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We're all supposed to be proclaiming the excellencies of him. And I know that for some of you, you'll hear that part where I said, we are all supposed to. I should probably change it. Instead of supposed to, we get to. I mean, think about it. We get to talk about how great God is. And for some, it's not... It's not always an argument. And just as an encouragement, it's kind of fun to share it here. That last Thursday uh, on after flood or right after the message of flood, a young lady came up and just was sharing kind of her journey that she'd been asking God about. She wanted to find a place that taught truth. And she said, I feel like I found a place that taught truth. She was engaged in the worship. Long story short, and I don't have time to go through the details, but long story short, I just, I just asked her, I said, have you come to a point where you've surrendered to Jesus? And she said, well, I've prayed that God would help me get to that point. And I just kept asking, I know that, that, I know that you've prayed that, but have you surrendered your life to Jesus? And after talking through a couple things and a couple questions, she surrendered her life to Jesus. And I was just so, so ecstatic. And then today I had a meeting um, and a young man, I just, the thought just came to my mind, just ask him, have you surrendered your life to Jesus? And he's been part of the flood community for a long time. And it just came and we just kept talking through concerns or doubts or worries that he had. But he said, I, I want to surrender. When I asked him one last time, do you want to surrender to Jesus? And I didn't want to coerce him. It wasn't twisting his arm. I, just after answering the questions and talking through things, I wanted to make sure, do you, like, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you want to surrender to Christ? And he just simply said, yes. And, I just, and then for the both of them, I just asked, is Jesus the Lord of your life? Like, are you proclaiming him as Lord? Meaning, he has mastery over you. I mean, he is in charge. When you say Jesus is Lord, there is so much in that that we have to unpack, and we don't have time in this, but Jesus is Lord. Our whole worldview is impacted by that statement that really is just three words long, but would take a lifetime to truly understand. I said, is Jesus the Lord of your life? They both said yes. Do you believe he died on the cross, came back from the dead? They believed it. Are you calling out to him to save you because you understand you can't save yourself? They both said yes. And then to think that in one week, just from what I've seen, and I'm one follower, and it's not about me, it's about Jesus doing his work, and we get to be part of it. And I remember praying last Thursday before I got to flood, God, let salvation hit this place. Let salvation come. And it did. And then this morning, again, and I just kept sitting there going, wow, God, like you have, you have called us into something that is so great. And all I, all I had to do was just proclaim the excellencies of Jesus who called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's it. And so I just want to encourage you that as we continue to move forward as a church community, that every single one of us can, that we really buy in. There's, there's a 
80 some odd of you that signed the cards and said we're all in and I've got reports back from some of you of who you're going after and who you're trying to love into the kingdom and talk about Jesus with and I just want to keep encouraging you keep going keep doing it because it's working like God really is at work and there's this phrase that came to my mind um, uh, this this afternoon and it's something like I'm convinced that if we prayed like the Christians prayed in the book of Acts, we would see God act like God act in the book of Acts. I'm just convinced if we begin to pray again, and so that comes back to this 431, like 431 a.m. or p.m. is just this reminder, hey, this is the time to pray. God, I pray that you would give me boldness to continue to speak your word as you do signs and wonders for the ultimate purpose that people would know who you are. And we just want boldness because we're so convinced and we want to proclaim the excellencies of him who called us. And so this that's something that I got out of it this morning. Um, I know Leviticus is a tough read. I know that there's things that you were reading today and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a little bit rough. And I get it, but you're hanging in there. Remember, this is old covenant. Um, when Jesus came, he fulfilled the law, which is the old covenant. And we have a new covenant, which is better. You read in the book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says that. But it is so important for us to understand, have a grasp or an understanding of the old covenant that we can truly appreciate the new covenant. So I'm proud of you for sticking through or sticking in there with Leviticus. Hang in there. We're almost done. We're jumping into numbers. Um, a, a, a few of the chapters in the beginning will be rough. And then we're going to get into some narratives, will be, which will be a little bit easier. But man, that's the part that stood out to me this morning. And I just wanted to pass it on to you. Um, love you guys more than you know. So proud, so honored that I get to walk through life with you. So honored that I get to be your pastor. I hope you guys are doing well. Love you. We'll see you.